Okay, so up to Daf Chav Gimel. We actually got about seven, eight lines down. Daf Chav Gimel up to two dots on Chav Gimel Amen Alf. So up to Ketzar Hayim Asiyin Masayis Mevin Kunsayis. So we started talking yesterday at the end of the day about how exactly they had this process before they eventually had to be mevatel. But what did they do when they were lighting these big torches at the tops of the mountains? So the Mishnah said, described exactly from mountain to mountain, the whole Chaseidah Dvar, not that many mountains, which we'll discuss today, that it seemingly is not really enough mountains to get there. But I'll call upon him, they went to the top of the mountains and they had these long torches. They're made up of cedar wood <coughs> with various different flammable items attached to the top. And there would be Melech Mevi, they would go in all directions to make sure that it was clearly not a natural phenomenon, not to uh, so that the people looking out for it realize that this is the right simon. They would only light the flames when the the month was Niskadish Bismani, that means on the 30th day was made Rishchaydish, was a chaser. That's when they would go ahead and they would do these torches. That's what we saw yesterday. So now we're going to discuss exactly the types of woods involved. We're going to get from there into a discussion of how many different types of cedar wood there are. It seems that cedar wood, at least in the Gemara and the Torah's definition of cedar wood, is a very broad category of woods. And from there, we'll get into the process of how you mine coral from the bottom of the ocean. And then from there, we're going to get back to uh, the Inyanim of Kiddush HaChadosh. <clears throat> they brought these big giant pieces of cedar wood. There's four types of cedar wood. Erez, Katrum, Etshemen, Ubrois. Brosh. Katrum, what is this? Amrav, Idra. This is Idra, Adra. Tbeershil Amri, Mavliga, Vaamri La Zu Gulmish. Uh, any help from the article what these things are? They just transliterate the words into. Yeah, okay, so they're just transliterating. They have no idea either. Okay. From a Liga tree and a Gulmish tree. Okay. All right, not very much help. It's not four, there's ten types of Erish. Nema. Pasik is in Yeshai, which is talking about lost love, and Kalisol comes back from Gaulus. And we can be traveling through the Midbar. And Akash Baruch is going to make shade for them. So instead of Anani Akavit, we're going to have trees. Etein b'midbar Eretz, Erez, Shita, Hadas, Eitshemen, Osim ba'arava, B'roish, Tidhar, V'ta'asher. Yachtav. So, what do we see over here? The seven types of tree. Erez is Arza, Shita is Ternisa, Hadas, well, we know what Hadas is, Asa. Eitshemen is Afarsimah, so that we know that it's, uh, how do they translate Afarsimah? That's, uh, Balsam, what I think? They don't say a farsam, what a farsam is? Nope. I thought a farsam, we knew what it was. Okay, I guess not. Broish. Oh, yeah, it does. It's balsam. Yeah, balsam. Broish is barsa. Tidhar is shaga. Tashur is shrivna. So, affecting more, one second, that we didn't get to ten. How many shiva? It's only seven. The Pascal only lists us seven types. Where do you get to this ten types of tree? So, it's like the Marki Osir, Dimi, Omar, Haisifu, Alayim. Aloinim, Almoigim, Almoinim, and Almoigim. What are these trees? So, Aloinim is Butmi, Almoinim is Bluti, and Almoigim is Ksisa. Almoigim is an interesting one. That is the coral. It's not actually wood. It's really a coral. It's the deposits from the 
it grows like trees under the ocean. It looks a little bit like trees, but it's actually, I think it's, it's, it comes from, is it a, a microorganism? It's bones from, from these little, okay. So, Omar, Iketa Amri, Aroinim Armoinim, Almoigen is Aroinim is Ore, Armoinim, Dulvi, and Almoigim is Kisissa. Okay, so, I'm sorry, Aroinim is Ori, Armoinim is Dulvi, and Almoigim is Kisissa. So, either way, Almoigim definitely refers to coral. So, once we mention coral, so now we're going to get into a discussion how exactly we get coral off the bottom of the sea. Oh. So, there's a Pasuk in Yeshaya that tells us. The Lassid Lavi, the Gemara discusses at length in other places, Lassid Lavi, there's going to be a tremendous river that's going to come out of the Kaddish Kedoshim. It's going to leave the Kaddish Kedoshim, it's going to be a hairline crack. Then it's going to become a slightly larger crack as it goes through the base of Migdash, but still only a tiny little crack that you could, you know, barely, barely even feel. Then when it's going to go out of the base of Migdash, it's going to start widening, and after a thousand amas, it's going to get to the height of, I think, a person's knees, and then another thousand to a person's waist, and then another thousand, and it gets to, it's going to get to a point where it's so deep and so and the current is so strong that it says in the Apostolic that even a tzi adr laivirenu, that even a giant ship will not be able to cross this river, it's going to be such a fast-flowing torrent. So, Amar Av, what is this See Ada that's referring to is Zuburni Gedaila. This is a Borni Gedaila. What do they do with this giant ship at very tall sides? Sehechi Avdu. What do they do with the ship? Maisu Shis Alpigavri. They would bring 6,000 people, Betresa Yarchi, and they would work for 12 months. Shis, um, Yarchi Shasa for 12 months. The Amila Tracer Alpigavri, Beshisa Yarchi Shasa. They would work for Six months, 12,000 people. And they would be constantly filling it up with sand. So they, you know, this, this, this sounds like what's going on in the ports today, right? They're working uh, overtime to try to load or unload. So loading up the ship. Until it would actually settle down on the seafloor. So this ship was high enough, and the place where the coral grows is pretty, you know, the coral reefs aren't very deep. So they would have these giant ships with extremely tall sides. And it would float, and then they would load it up with sand until it became so heavy that it would just settle on the seafloor. Once it was properly settled on the fl- seafloor, so then what do they do? So then, um, then they would have divers who would dive down into the ocean. The cutter atuni de kisna bekissa. They would tie ropes made out of flax onto this coral, onto these coral reefs. And then they would tie the other end to the ship. And then they would take the sand. And they would throw the sand back overboard. And as the ship now would begin to float again, they would, uh, so it would uproot the coral straight from its root. Basically, they needed a method to pull really hard on the coral. So you have this giant ship that weighed a tremendous amount. You load it up with sand until it sinks down, tie it. To the coral reef, then you take out the sand, and that would float back up and pull out the coral reef. So, and then you got for every pound of the coral, you got two pounds of silver. That's how valuable coral was in those days. That was particularly valuable. There were three port areas, or three areas where you had these, you know, uh, you can mine something very valuable from the bottom of the sea. Tarti Bay two of them were by the Romans. Vechada the Bay Parsoim, one's by the Persians. The Bay Armoi, Maskin, Kissa, that's where they used to mine coral. 
the Bey Parsoi, the Persians, mask in Marganisa, that's, they were used to uh, get pearls, they'd have the Darvis went down and got pearls. Um, Makaria Parvosa, the Mishamhig, they would call it the, the port of the, or the, I guess, Parvosa, the port of the, of the king. How do they translate Parvosa? Kingdom. Port. Oh, port of the kingdom. Port of the kingdom. Ah. Now, once we mention the concept of these cedar trees and the fact that on the way back to, to Eretz Yisrael, Kodesh Baruch is going to plant all these cedar trees to give us shade, so now we're going to mention in the context of this Pasuk that Kodesh Baruch is going to repay and bring back to Eretz Yisrael all of the things that were stolen by the guy. Every cedar tree that was taken away from Shalim by the Goyim, also the Kajbrochel Achziron, Kajbrochel is going to bring it back. Shanemar, Etain Bemidbar, Erez Shita, this whole Pasuk that we said before, and we are these actually not going in the Midbar, it's going on. They Midbar El Yushalim, remember, refers to Yushalim, Shanemar, Tsiyan Midbar Haisa. That Tsiyan was turned into a Midbar from the destruction. I Kajbrochel said, That Midbar, I'm going to put back into that Midbar all the trees. We're going to make the Yar Yushalim, we're going to repent Yushalim with trees. If someone learns Torah and he doesn't teach it to others, he's like a hadas in the midbar that he has beautiful reach, but no one has any hand off from it. It's in the middle of nowhere. And others say, other rabbis, someone who is able to teach Torah and he learns Torah and he teaches Torah in a place where there's no uh, others who could teach the Torah. So he's like a hadas in the midbar, traveling in the midbar, suddenly see this one beautiful lone. Hadas and it gives it has tremendous preciousness. The goyim have no taikana. Why? Hashem is going to repay everything you shalim with even better. Instead of the copper of Izov, Hashem says wherever there was copper, I'll bring gold. Wherever there's steel, I'm going to bring silver. Whatever was wood will now become copper. Whatever was stone, bars will be stone. But all the physical things you shall like be replaced. But Rabbi Kiva and the other, there's no replacement for them. So the guy is never going to have a kapara for what they did. Such a terrible thing, they destroyed something that's irreplaceable. That even Akadosh Baruch Hu is. Does take nekama for the dam loy nekasi, but it's not a sufficient nekama. That there's no way sufficiently to take nekama for such a terrible thing that the goyim did to destroy the talmid chacham. Ah, so now we're heading back to discuss exactly the process of being mekadosh chaydish and masiyah and making these tremendous bonfires. So if we go back to the mission for a second, the mission said, "Where do they exactly did they do it from?" So mission said that. Um, it goes from mountain to mountain. And what was the mountain? So the Mishnah Mish, says, Mihara Mishra, which is Harazesim, Lusartava, Misartava, Lugorfina, Mugorfina, Lachirin, Lachivrin, and Mihivrin, Lebeis, Baltan. So Base Baltan was the last mountain. And then in Base Baltan, Lazazazim, Misham, Elamayuchu, Mavi, Mailu, Mairid, Base Baltan, he would just stand there waving his torch. Adshe, Ray, Kola, Gaila, Fanav, Kamduras, Ashi, would see the entire Gaila, which the Gemara defines to mean. Bavel, Pompadisa, Befrat, you would see Pompadisa lit up like a torch. And Mars can describe exactly how the whole city was lit up like a torch, and we'll describe it. So, Zakhtimar, my base Baltan, what's this last mountain base Baltan? So, Amarav, Zu, Biram. That refers to Biram, that this is a uh, mountain in Eretz Yisrael. 
Every yid in Bavel, when he would see this being waved on the mountain, so he would take his own torch, he would go up to his rooftop, and he would start waving it, so you'd look at the city, you'd see this tremendous light show of all the whole city lit up in flames. These other mountains were also part of this chain of messengers. Some say that these were mountains in between the ones the mission mentioned. The mission didn't really mention all the mountains, and which helps to say that it was a lot more to the chain. That they were in the other direction. There's different directions where the message, the chain of, of Torches was headed. And the mission is referring to one chain of mountains, and this is referring to a different chain of mountains. Between each mountain was eight parsa. So the one wants to know how much is the total from Etzrod to Babel comes out. There's only 32 parsa, if you know five, and there's four distances between them, four times eight is 32. It's only 32 parsois. In fact, more, but that, that doesn't really work out. For in the Tuvahav, it's a lot more than 32 parsois in Bobo Tarts Israel. So Amr Abaye, so Abaye answers, no, it's not a problem, because the Stume is Tatum Luhu Darchi. No, because the roads of Eretz Israel got totally twisted and blocked and wound, and that's why it's such a long distance. But in reality, as the crow flies, it's not that far. That the paths of Yerushalayim are of Eretz are totally blocked off and they're they're they're, they're twisted. Now this still leaves us wondering what exactly is referring to. Taisus is bothered that first of all, Taisus says he brings the Rai from the Gemara and Tainus, as the Shem will get to not so long from now, that the Cheshvan of when you start saying. <clears throat> in so they would just wait long enough for the last people to get home from being from being Euleregel, which was 15 days after they got back from Yishalayim, then we could start asking for rain. So it's a 15-day journey, which is much more than 32 parsois. And uh, and so, so Tais is very bothered with this. And Tais says that this is, this, you can't say this was maybe in the Bayes Rishon it was short, in the Bayes Shani, this whole discussion is Bayes Shani, and the Bayes Shani was saying it was much longer. So we have a strictly technical problem. Then Tais brings another problem that I saw is Dalmeis Parsa by Dalmeis Parsa, and Yushalayim is in the middle, which means it should have at least 200 Parsas to the border. So Tais is stumped. If you look in the maps, it's uh, somewhere around, uh, I think it was 2,700 miles. I'm going to check. I forgot what it was already from, from uh, Yushalayim to. Uh, to ancient Babylon, it's a lot more than than. Uh, miles. No, it's much more. From Yerushalayim to the to Iraq. Bavel? much more than hundred miles. Isn't Babel Iraq? Yeah. It's hundred miles. No, a lot more than hundred miles. You know, they they say a story that. Uh, Are you checking for us? Yeah. How many miles? It's, it's a lot more. I checked it up before. Maybe it was nine hundred. Uh, it, it was a lot. So yeah, it's like you're down to a thousand miles, no? What? I just remember reading an article about like when you sit down and sit down. It says distance between Jerusalem and Babylon is uh one thousand six hundred uh seventy eight point two miles. Miles, okay. One thousand? One thousand seven hundred and 
Around uh, around one thousand seven hundred. Around seventeen hundred miles. Yeah, so it's a far far uh, long distance. So I'm not sure exactly what the Cheshman is. I don't know. Maybe they say anything in the bottom over here. I was, I was hoping to get a chance to look at him. They used to travel back and forth. 1,700 miles. Okay, they, they took it. It was a nice long schlep. It's a long, long drive. <laughs> it's further than Florida. Okay. We'll have to fact check that one. Okay. So, Zach Demish. There is a large chutz in Yerushalayim, it's called Beis Yazik, and that's where all the Edom used to gather. All the Edom used to come up to Yerushalayim to say Edom, they used to all come together in this chutz. Bezin used to sit there and interrogate them to see if they're saying the truth. There was big, hot buffet, there was sushi, everything. To make sure people want to come. Originally, when people used to come on Shabbos, they were stuck in that chutzah the whole day. So they had to sit there by the big kiddush, you know, 24-hour tea room, but you're not allowed to leave until after Shabbos. Because what's the problem? They left their tchum. And once you leave your tchum Shabbos, you can't go more than Dalamas. Now, in the chutzah, you can travel more than Dalamas. They're able to stay within this chutzah. And even if there was a chutzah attached to this chutzah, they can even go to that one. But they cannot go beyond the extent of this of the Walden complex because the Walden area had a din of Dal Amis. Now, Tesis points out that if Yerushalayim had walls around it, you'd be able to walk in the whole Yerushalayim. Obviously, this was referring to after the walls of Yerushalayim were already knocked down, and therefore they could only stay within the actual Chatzik. However, this uh, wasn't so geschmack for people. So, therefore, Hiskin Gamli Wazakin, Shem Halchan Al Paim Amma Lechol Ruach. That you could go 2,000 amas in all directions, that you got a new tchum, basically. That a person, once he leaves Rishos and he travels beyond his tchum, so he gets a new tchum once he goes, right? If a person goes out, Isser, Ariyat tchum, and you end up. So then the halacha is you cannot go outside Dal Amis, or you can go within Mechitzas, you could go the entire area, because we say the whole bias is Dal Amis, right? I think we discussed this once before. This came up with halacha Lamaisa when the. When the you know, in, in Lakewood, when there's the, the bus that got stuck in our Shabbos and ended up pulling up into Lakewood after it was already Shabbos, so Shabbos, those people who travel beyond the Tchum and Shabbos, they can't go more than, than they, they didn't have Yetzir so they could only go Mamash Gedalama. So they, I think they got to Whispering Pines, it's a neighbor with an Eir, so within the Eir, they could go the whole area of the Eir, but once you can't go beyond that, you're not allowed to walk at all. Now, Shankin, if someone goes to hospital, a solo person goes to hospital, if someone goes to have a baby, it comes back for whatever reason, it was false labor, someone had you know, a kid needed to go to the emergency room. So then, since you're a Yitzhak Rishos, you get a new Tchum and you get back. So, Mahalchem Alpayim Amal Cholruach, Veloi Eilu Bolvad, it's not just the Eidim, El Av Chachom Haba Lialid, if you have a midwife who comes to help a lady give birth, if someone comes, the Matzile Eish, to come and save from the fire, Men Hagayis, from the fight of the Goyim, Men Anor, from the river, Men Apoilas. Basically, any type of they go right. They're going out to save people. So they get the tchum of the place they arrive in. And they go two thousand amos in all directions. Base yazik tnan, a base yazik tnan. How do you read the mission? Is it base yazik or base yazik? Sounds like the same thing, right? Sounds exactly the same. So the difference is, do we have an 
ayin in the word or not? Why is that making that from the minus? The more explains. Base yazik tnan with an ayin lishnama al yehu. So the word yazik with an ayin that's praise. We're saying that this was a very chash of a place. Siv ve'askeyu ve'askaleyu. Pasuk in Yeshaya, Kadosh Baruch has a marshal. Klali souls like Hashem's vineyard and Hashem took care of it. And Vayaskeyu, he built a wall around it, Yaskeleim, and took out all the racks. So Yaskeyu is Lashon Chashivas. A Dilma base Yazik Tnan, Lishon of the Tsar, it's Lashon of the Tsar, it's like a jail. Who the Siv, who Osir, Ba'azikim, that he was, he was, he was, uh, the person, he was, he was tied up, he was chained up in chains. So Azikim refers to being chained up. So the Schatzer, on the one hand, you're stuck in it. On the other hand, it was very Shmak, they had, you know, all you could eat buffet. So Amra Bayit, Toshma. So Bayit tries to bring a Raya, it must be it was a pleasant place. Kasudas Gedeilus Hay Oisin Lahem, because they had a big, uh, big Kiddush there. Kadeshi Regil Mlave. So Lachair, you can't say it was a Makam Tsar. So I can no, Dilma Tarti Havi Avdi Buhu. No, it was Tsar that they were trapped in their place, but they tried to cut, to make it a little bit less unpleasant by making these big Sudas. But Avada, there was an element of Tsar, the fact that they were chained into their places. So Kopan, the way Rashi is learning is just simply a, a, a question of, 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 how you gyrus in the mission and what just what the what the connotation of the word was. But others learned that there's actually a real shaila. How did they set up this chatzah? The Ramban learns, did they set up this chatzah in a way to minimize them walking? It was a very cramped chatzah. It just happened to have very nice food, but it was very cramped because they didn't want them to move more than Dal Amsbaker. Or was it a lot of Ravchis? It was you know it was a tremendous auditorium, so it wasn't such a big deal. And uh, and therefore it was based Yazik Tanan. So that was the Shaila. Was it made in a way to make it comfortable and plenty of room to walk around, it was made to minimize their travel. What was the point of this whole party there? We want every aid to come, right? You saw the moon, so I oh, okay. slap up to your shine. That's the only way, right? You make your, Baruch Hashem, right? To shift you, you get a good breakfast, and it comes. You stop, you stop the, big, the big breakfast, and I can have anybody there. So that's, this is the... It's a preferish mission. You have to have... You have to have uh, Huh? <laughs> ah. Okay, Zuck the mission. Kate said, Baking us Aiden. How exactly were they Baking the Aiden? So Zug Shabo Rishin, Baking I say Rishin. So the first pair that was arrived, they were the first ones who had the right to be checked. And technically, really only need that pair if they check out. So first they take the older, the more important, the more chashev of the two Aiden. They, they want to check each aid individually to make sure their story is actually, you know, works together with each other. Tell me exactly how you saw the moon. Was it before the sun or after the sun? So the Gemara assumes at this point it means where in the sky was it. With Svaina Eladrema, was it in the north or the south? Which Lachir is the same thing as before after the sun, so the Gemara is going to ask the Kasha. Kamahaya Gavaya, how high up on the horizon was it? Vilayin Haya Naita, in which direction was it pointing? The Kamahaya Rachav, how wide was it? Im Amr Lafneachama, if he says it was before the sun, like Amr Klum, the Gemara will explain that in a minute. The Achakach, so once they got the details out of him, and if the details checked out, they bring in the second aid and ask him all the same questions, see if the two stories lined up. If their stories lined up, then their aid this was kaim. Now, once the first eight pairs kaim, really have eight, you can say, and it's Rosh 
But they didn't want everyone to feel bad, and they want to make sure people come next year. So the Shakal Azuga Shalinus and Rishid Varam, they'd call them in, ask them quickly, what did they see? They wouldn't spend too much time. And Loishait Srikhan Lam, they didn't really need them. You feel like an idiot. You drive there in Shabbos on your on your horseback, and you come riding up to Shalayim, and then they tell you, "Sorry, we already, you know, you're 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 peer of Adam number three hundred fifty-two. We don't need you. Goodbye. Take some free chalent and leave." So people feel very depressed. So they used to ask each pair, give them the chashivas. Because the whole point of all this was that everyone should want to come and say this, because maybe one time these are going to be the only two Adam. Now the way we t- I translate the Mishnah is the way. Bashib shot in the Mishnah that if their aid is checked out with each other, means if their aid is checked out with each other. However, the Rambam learns that Bezdin was tremendous Bekiyim and all the trigonometry and other mathematical calculations to figure out the Cheshman of the Levana, and they knew exactly, A, if it was even possible to see the moon that night. Not necessarily. We saw yesterday that the moon can only be seen within. You need at least six hours after the mail to see the moon. And if the mail is too early in the day, so then <clears throat> not necessarily you see it all, depending on exactly how everything works out, that you're gonna you can only see the only time there's a very short time window to see the moon on the to see the new moon because it's only visible since the new moon is rising and setting together with the sun, right? We, we went through it, you know, the it, you know, if this is the earth and that's the sun, so the Mailids, when they're exactly lined up, so you don't see anything. And then the new moon is when they're, the, the moon is slightly off from the sun. So you can see the slight sliver of light reflected over here. Right? Most of the light is not visible to us. Now, because, you know, if this is the person, right, and this is his face this way, now this just give you an idea, right, and the earth is rotating. So as the sun is setting, the moon is going to set right at, right, this is, once you get here, you can, the sun sets, and the moon is still slightly visible. So you only see the moon for about a second, then the moon sets also, and you can't see the moon anymore either. And that's why in the beginning of the month, you can never find the moon after 10 o'clock night. But I'll call upon him, they knew exactly where the moon's going to be, where in the sky it's going to be, how large it's going to look, if it's possible to see. So Bezdin had the whole, all the mathematical calculations, Bezdin had clear. So Bezdin knew what's technically possible, and then Bezdin would ask them, based on their knowledge, and see if the guy actually saw the moon. So if you know what's possible, you can very quickly, you know, weed out if the guy is saying true aidus or fake aidus. And the Melo, when it says, it doesn't mean with the other aid. It means if their words are mechuvanim, with what Bezdin expected, that Eidus and Kayemis, which they weren't, even the two Eidim checked out, but the story didn't work out with the facts, the way Bezdin knew them to be, so then they weren't accepted. The Rambam says, where did Chazal know all this mathematical information from? He says that this was the specialty of Yisachar. They're Makabalot from Yisachar, which goes back already, you know, they already went to Golis and Bayesrishan, but this was the, what? Chazal had to have known it, because the Hillel made the calendar. Hillel Azakin to make it. It's his great, 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 great grandson. It's already well after... It's towards the end of the, of, of the days of the Gemara that this was made. Yeah, but Mukhara, it seems to be that it was, they didn't know because they were scientists necessarily, but they had a Masara how to calculate it. Oh, so he says they had a Masara from Yisachar, because it says, Bnei Yisachar, Yoyde Binil Itim. The Gemara said, the, the Pasik says that they knew the Binil Itim, they had this Masara. This was the Sari, the Ibra, that was given out, Dari Darius, down through the generations of Kali, so exactly how to Cheshman out all these mathematical calculations to figure out when the new moon could and can't be seen. But then the two questions are, number one is, is that, why did they have to ask so many, a series of so many questions? They could simply have, uh, you know, asked one or two questions. It's not like a murder case or anything else. They already know 
the verdict before they're just it's like a well they want to see if these agents are saying the truth so they have to ask them enough questions to see that they're not you know just saying we saw the moon because they heard that tonight's but they already the know moon. the reality they already know they know it's visible doesn't mean these people see it the mitzvah is that it has to be kazera eva kadesh it has to be that you see the moon and your mikadash shall be real adam if you don't have real adam you know bez knows for a fact that today is visible and we have all the mathematical calculations we unless we saw that in case of extreme need they were allowed to have adam lie but without that, they tried to have real Adam, and you're just ascertaining whether or not these Adam actually saw it. Oh. What's the difference before the sun and to the north of the sun? Isn't that the same thing? Right? The sun is setting in the rise in the east and sets in the west, but the sun is always, the height of the sun is always in the south, but when it sets, it heads back towards the north. So, is the same thing as Litzvayna. So, um, so Omar Abaya, no, the question is, is the, the, what's, what's the word for it, the, the piece of the moon that's missing, the, no, there's a word for the, the, no, there's a different word, that's, they use indentation there? Yeah. Okay. Concavity. Whatever. Okay, I'll go up on indentation, we use Concavity. Oscar's word. Concavity. The concavity. The, the, the part of the moon where it's, there's, the the chasa, the part of the moon that's missing. So is it facing the you know is the arc facing towards the moon or the moon gets or the sun or the, the sun has the the what the crescent, the crescent. whatever is the crescent facing towards the towards the towards the sun or, or away from the sun? Now this question, if you think about it for half a second, what the sun is, the moon is the moon is reflecting light of the sun. So obviously. You're not going to have the indentation facing the sun. The sun is really, in reality, if you were up in space, you would see that the sun, the moon, is fully lit up. Just we're just happen to be facing the wrong part, right? When the moon is here, the, su- the, the there's a full circle. We just could only see from our vantage point. We're getting a slight sliver, but by definition, what we're seeing is part of a full circle. So we're, we can't, you can't have that the moon, the sun is facing the part that's dark because the sun is always going to be facing the part that's lit up. So the the missing part is never going to be facing for, towards the sun. So the question they would ask them was, is it, uh, was, what is the, the missing part, is that facing the sun, or is it away from the sun? If they said that the missing part is facing the sun, so if they say, the missing part is facing the sun, then you know right away these Aiden, they mamish, they didn't see a moon, they didn't see a sun, they just totally dreamt the whole thing up. Send them home. Now, the Gemara brings a Pusik to explain that there's a Musa concept we can learn out from the fact that the missing part of the sun is never facing, of the moon is never facing the sun. It says in the Pusik, Hamshel Pachat Imoi Oisi Shon Bimraimov, like Kalish Baruch who makes peace Bimraimov. What's that? That the piece is that the sun never sees the missing part of the moon, it would be embarrassing for the moon, so the sun only sees the full moon. And the sun also doesn't ever see a rainbow, so it's always facing, the bow is always facing up towards the sun, it's never facing the other way. But don't make the moon feel bad, especially we know that the moon was originally the same size as the sun, just as bright as the sun, and then the moon, and this whole idea that the moon is missing is an embarrassment to the moon, so you're not going to let the sun see its embarrassment. Why can't you have a rainbow facing downwards? Because if you have the rainbow facing down towards the earth, so then those that serve them worship the sun, they're going to say, you know what that is? That's the sun 
using its bow and arrow to shoot giri kamishte, it's sending arrows at all those that don't worship the sun. So in order to prevent that from happening, Kodesh made sure that the arrow is always, the bow of the, of the rainbow is always, is always facing up towards the sun. Okay, shkoyach. Shkoyach. <laughs> <laughs>